Hello, dear listener, and thank you for joining us here at the Northern Security Chronicles. I am VR Doc, your host. In this series, we will discuss, dissect, and develop all things related to securing one of the last frontiers of our homeland, the North. In this episode, we'll talk about Arctic America and how the lure and mystique of the Arctic continues to this day. We'll also bring it home and say, why should you care, America? Well, it's our back door and it's wide open and we all live in the same house. The lure of the Arctic continues to this day But now, instead of ships and expeditions north, people who become enamored with the region make entire careers around the political science, the geopolitics, the speculation, and the publication of the what-ifs. In fact, over the past 10 years, there's been roughly a 61% increase in Arctic-focused workshops and conferences, but no change in the scope of topics. In other words, we've got more people talking about the same things over and over, and usually talking to the same people about the same things over and over. The diversity of Arctic science has really remained flat. The science of security has not yet emerged. If you will remember this group that used science to develop a strategic intelligence framework in order to detect a signal that had not been seen before in the Arctic, you will recall that this didn't go over well. And so a science of security remains locked in the perceptions of how we have always done things and the way things are done. So why do I refer to Arctic America? Well, America, you're paying for the Arctic. You're paying for a lot of other states, but the Arctic, in our case, Alaska, is a little bit different. So the net federal funding, depending on what year you look, is roughly about $7,050 per resident. The interesting thing here is that the median household income is the seventh highest in the union. And the SNAP benefit recipiency, that's things like food stamps, the things that help those in most need, is actually very low, about 108 to 11%. So where's all this money going? Well, it's going into the infrastructure and the services that not only help residents in the state, but also help secure the country. And it's still not enough. Perhaps most Americans are familiar with the iconic polar bear, the peril of disappearing sea ice 
and we have all been moved to tears about the changes and the consequences of those changes to the wildlife and the people therein. But emotion isn't enough. The Arctic is America's back door. And since we all live in the same house, and since we're all contributing to this household, the security in the Arctic should be everybody's concern. Without a science of security and a science of defense, we will be relegated to our current trajectory. The Department of Homeland Security has to date failed to produce a strategy for Arctic security. We are left instead with the U.S. Coast Guard's strategic outlook, which, as you guessed, calls for more icebreakers. Even if we did build more boats, even if we did move more Navy vessels north, we really don't know how to operate in Arctic waters very well. In fact, quite often, we have to rely on our other Arctic neighbors, the Canadians, the Norwegians, the Danish, to give us a few tips on how to operate. Do you remember the group we discussed in episode two? The one who used science to reveal a pattern that had not been seen before and how that didn't go over so well? Well, speculation on why that didn't go over so well was because it brings us face to face with an elephant in the room. The way we have always done things and the way things are done may not be our future. Perhaps we need to think about doing things a little bit differently because perhaps the threats we have been perceiving are not the threats that actually exist. If this is the case, then this means a little more work for a lot of people, a different way of thinking for everyone, and more collaboration across silos that will fight tooth and nail before they will break down the walls and work together. So let's go back to those who have become enamored with the Arctic, who've made careers discussing the politics and the comfortable armchair conversations, and this includes members of the intelligence community who do the same analyses from the same vantage points. What's at stake for them? Well, not much, really. Maybe a bruised ego if somebody counters their point. Maybe uh, upset if somebody disagrees. But for the people who live there, for the people who live in the Arctic, What's at stake? Everything. And the people who live in the Arctic are not just the natives of Alaska or the native people of Canada. It is all Arctic residents. While each group faces different challenges, they are challenges nonetheless. I remember when I was living and working in the Arctic and I was approached by some young women who fell in between the cracks. They had nowhere to live, 
and no access to resources that would be given to other groups living in Alaska. They were living in a van through the winter, they were hungry, they were cold, and they were trying to make their way through school. To me, it was a devastating revelation of what was at stake in the Arctic. Those three young women were simply a microcosm of thousands more people. The decisions made at government levels, the discourse of great power competition, the debates and the conferences and the workshops mean nothing when your daily life is affected by a changing climate, by a lack of jobs, by a need to survive and not just survive, but thrive. To the people who live in the Arctic, everything is at stake. Now, you might say, hey, VR, you're jumping around. Are we talking about resilience of the people of the Arctic? Or are we talking about Arctic security? And what does this have to do with Arctic America? Well, there are no clear lines, you see. Security is a term that the intelligence community took away from science, and science is taking it back. Security is not just about an icebreaker plowing the seas, or a Navy boat listening for Chinese or Russian subs, or radars looking for aircraft in our airspace. Security is about everything. It's about having access to the resources that make us stronger. Food, water, energy, our identities, our cultures, the sense of safety, the sense of freedom, the freedom to be free from fear. This extends to the rest of America because as we mentioned, once your feet are dry in the Arctic, your access to the rest of North America is pretty much unfettered. When the pattern of irregular warfare was revealed, it begged the question of what exactly was coming in through the Arctic that we simply cannot see. So coming back to Arctic America, if Alaska was no longer part of the Union, we would probably adapt, but we'd be weaker, with less potential for the future, even economically. Alaska presents us with a double-edged sword, and it's a beauty. The chance to secure it and the vulnerability of failing to do so which is the path we're currently on. And no, plying the seas with more ships and standing up more equipment, more technology, isn't going to secure that door. It'll certainly give us a pretty strong latch, a strong and shiny latch. But once again, none of that will matter if we don't use science to build a strategic framework that can not only reveal what the threats are, what we should be securing against, but more importantly, show us 
What are the most sinister of those threats, those silent and potentially deadly ones? It is only in aggregate that these will become visible, that these did become visible. Instead, we're once again hoping that more equipment and more technology will do the trick. Well, it won't. America, this is your Arctic. This is your back door. The perception of the intelligence community has thus far been all quiet on the Arctic front, and the very agencies that have been called to secure it are the ones who exclaimed, nothing to see here. Ask, how can we help the intelligence community work better for America and for the Arctic? It will probably involve changing the way we think, changing the way we do business, changing the way we collect data and the way we analyze it, changing the way we interpret it, and quite possibly, quite possibly being forced to work together because we can't seem to do that on our own. In this episode, we talked about why America, you should care about the Arctic and how important it is to get a blueprint for security based on a scientific framework rather than one based on opinion, discourse, and debate. We also have made a lot of statements about the agencies that are failing to secure the Arctic because their perceptions are lagging behind the changes that are occurring. In the next three episodes, we'll unpack all of this. We'll also unpack the different kinds of gray spaces and seams. It is in these gaps and seams that we are woefully blind because the way we have always done things was the way things were done in an Arctic that has long passed us by. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us here at the Northern Security Chronicles. As our series continues, we will discuss, dissect, and develop all things related to securing one of the last frontiers of our homeland, the North. I am VR Doc, your host, I. This podcast of the Northern Security Chronicles is copyright 2019 by Quadrant Analytics, LLC, and distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License, CC by NC 
ND 4.0. Listeners may share, copy, and redistribute the material in any medium or format. However, derivative materials are prohibited without prior approval of Quadrant Analytics, LLC. See www.quadrantanalyticsllc.com for contact details. Music and effects are used under license from audioblocks.com. Thank you for listening.